Hey, ass butt. Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hello. Hello. It's been eight. How many years has it been? 84 or 82? What does the old lady say? 84. 84. <laughs> <laughs> like, According I think to I Titanic, to anyways. <laughs> yeah. I always go to 82 because I was born in 82. So that's like that. Yeah, that's how it works. Oh. Okay. Unimportant. <laughs> I am still sick. So I apologize if I sound like I sound. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure I'll be coughing, but I'll try my best to not sound yeah awful. I don't think you sound too much different. So. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So today we're talking about season 10, episode 22, called The Prisoner. Oh, before we do this, I realized um, in the last episode that we did not properly express how upset we are that Charlie died. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think to be fair, like, that's kind of more for this episode. Really? Because I, I was listening to it before I published it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then we were like, and she died. And then. Sorry. One of the dogs is stupid. <laughs> so I'm just going to put my two cents out there real quick with Charlie. Um, obviously, it's not weird that someone we love on this show died. So that wasn't no. like a shock. <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> but I did think it was kind of lame that she didn't get an on-screen death scene. For someone who so loved you don't see her die. And not that I particularly want to see her die, yeah. but it did seem just kind of like a, a slap in the face, just like, oh, we're just going to find her dead. Like, it seemed like yeah, I should have a little more. But why they did that, though, was probably because she was so well-loved that people would be even more pissed about it. I don't know. It, it, die, seemed, you know? it seemed, I don't know. I, I, I could see that, but I also, I just felt, I guess I felt the other way about it. Like, really, you're not even going to give her a a chance to act out her death scene. Um, there was the the um, San Diego Comic-Con that they did um, after this season aired. Um, I remember it was like, it was like Misha and Mark Shepard and Jared and Jensen up there with some of the writers and some of the showrunners. Mm-hmm. And someone asked, or someone was like, you know, in line to ask a question and they got to her and instead of a question, or maybe it was a question, she was like, you know, whose idea was it just to, you know, drop Charlie dead in a bathtub. And, <laughs> and like, Jared was like, oh, shit, and, like, turned around completely in his seat. Rat and then Jensen did, it, <laughs> Jensen did it, and then Mark Shepard did it, and then Misha did it, and they were like, don't look at us! <laughs> and it was just, like, yeah. the fandom rage. So I thought that was funny. But anyway, okay, we love Charlie and are upset she's dead. Okay. All right, so now <laughs> we're talking about... <laughs> The Prisoner. Uh, we start out in Shreveport, Louisiana. We're outside. Uh, we're outside of Stein Hall, which is a high school, right? This is a high school. Yes. Okay. I'm pretty uh, sure. Well, I think so. I think it is. I'm pretty sure, yeah. It, it looked like it was kind of one of those, like... Maybe like a private... Yeah, like... Well, yeah. A private 
something or yeah I don't know yeah okay so it's daytime the bell rings a bunch of students kind of rush outside a stein teenage boy named cyrus comes out he is walking to a car kind of parked down the street and he walks by three other teenage boys who are like standing there and watching him in the way that bullies do I'm like, I'm going to him, yeah. I know, right? You could just tell by looking at these kids. They're assholes. Uh, The main bully, (laughs) the main bully, who I don't believe we actually get a name. um, I'm just going to refer to as the bully. Um, He says, Stein, yo, hey, man, hold up. Uh, Cyrus, like, tries to ignore him, but the bully grabs Cyrus's backpack and kind of turns him around. So Cyrus says, what? The bully says, me and my boys, we got a bet. How much of a virgin are you? Okay, are there <laughs> layers to virginity? I, I, I know, I know. I thought this it was a really like all for nothing type an uneducated term. like. <laughs> I know. I thought I yeah, thought that was. Really just know what he's talking about, you know? Yeah, I thought that was like an all or nothing type thing, but. Yeah. What do I know? What do I know? I guess. Okay. <laughs> Cyrus says, "What?" The bully says, "I mean, you ain't never got laid before, obviously. You've seen a boob, right?" I don't mean on Game of Thrones. I'm talking about in the wild, you know. <laughs> in the wild. I did. That did kind of make me laugh because that's kind of oh, like yeah. how we talk about things. Like oh, that. totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> Cyrus, I haven't gone past high school yet. I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Killian literally told me yesterday that I'm a 40 year old child. Like that's what he said to me, and it was a like shit. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, that's that's true. He was like, I know. <laughs> I mean, like, we all have our moments, but like, okay. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I was mostly just proud of him for being able to like understand and then articulate that. So I was like, you're doing fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll be okay here. Yep. So Cyrus says, is this a joke? The bully says, I look like a comedian to you. Answer the question. Cyrus sort of smirks at him and says, you look like the kind of dude who wants people to think he's hood. But no, see, the $100 haircut, the hybrid keys, I'd say you grew up in white bread wonderland. Your dad's probably a dentist. Your mom's mostly Botox, and they both bang the pool boy. Oh, and you like rap, but you're scared of black people, even Will Smith, which that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one, Cyrus. (laughs) The bully's two friends who are sort of standing back uh, laugh and say, damn. (laughs) Yep. And then they high five and fist bump each other. Uh, the bully notices this and then yells at Cyrus, hey, you got a mouth on you, you little bitch. And then he pushes Cyrus down onto the ground. And then Cyrus's cousin, Eli, gets out of the car that was like sorted down the street. Um, the bully says to Cyrus, I'm going to kick your ass. Eli walks up and says, there a problem here? The bully says, no, man, all good. Did I say Ellie? Eli? I don't know what I said. Eli says, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Eli says, well, I wasn't asking you, dickbag. Cy, we got a problem? Cyrus says, no, it's fine. Let's go. So Cyrus walks away, but Eli kind of stands there glaring at the bully. Uh, so we cut to later that same day. Um, we're outside a convenience store. The bully walks out with like a large slushy. Which now I want a slushy, but okay. Slushies are um, awesome. Man. I know, right? <laughs> uh, a car is like creeping down the street, slowly keeping pace with him. Uh, Eli, uh, that's not the right one. Uh, the bully notices and turns down an alleyway and starts like quickly walking. 
He turns around another corner and then walks right into Eli. Uh, his slushy like splatters on them both. <laughs> and Eli licks some off of his finger. He says, cherry berry, my favorite. The bully says, yo, man, got no beef with you. Eli says, you put hands on my cousin? Uh, Roscoe, who is another Stein family member, and he's this is like a, a kind of a big kind of muscle kind of guy, right? Like, I guess I'm not <laughs> sure like if he's mostly like, arms and not so much brains. <laughs> I know. I was just I was wondering if this is like a true Stein family member or if this is like hired help or I don't I, yeah, not that it matters. I'm just I'm wondering yeah. a lot of things about this family because they're kind of fascinating. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> OK, so Roscoe comes up behind the bully and drops a plastic bag over his head, um, which uh, I just now I have a new fear of like anyone behind me just like dropping <laughs> bags on my head. But OK. Uh, <laughs> I, I I guess I I would be impressed if most people could you know I guess I shouldn't say that most people are shorter than me. I'd have to do like one of those volleyball spikes to get up above your head with a bag. <laughs> I'm good at those. I could do it. I'd like you coming because you'd come running up so you could get a running. Oh like, yeah, jump. oh yeah. I'd have to do a running a running jump and I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like I'd slam into you, like I'd drop the bag on your head, and then we'd both be laying on the ground, which I mean would also get the job done, really. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm not gonna stun me pretty good. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> practice. So just so you know. Okay. Uh, and then we get our opening title sequence. Uh, so we cut to a clearing in a wooded area. It's daytime. Sam and Dean are chopping wood and bringing it over to a pyre that they have built for Charlie's body. Uh, the boys have flashbacks of their time uh, while they, with Charlie while they prepare the pyre. Uh, in Dean's flashback, Charlie says, what about you? Going to let it go? Dean says, never. Charlie says, that's my boys. And they hug. <laughs> never! I know. Uh, in Sam's flashback, he comforts Charlie while she's all busted up after she reabsorbs dark Charlie. <laughs> that's a weird sentence. Okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, Sam says, it's all kind of weird sometimes. I know. know. In the flashback, Sam says, Charlie, hey, I got you. Uh, In another of Dean's flashbacks, he hugs Charlie and she says, I forgive you, Dean. Dean says, I'm so sorry, kiddo. Uh, In real time, Dean carries Charlie's wrapped up body to the pyre. And with Sam's help, they put her on the top. Dean has another memory of saying goodbye to Charlie. Uh, In the memory, she says, I love you. Dean says, I know. Uh, in real time, I know. In real time, Sam and Dean stand next to each other and watch Charlie's bodies burn. Charlie's body burn. Uh, after a moment, Sam says, Charlie, we're going to miss you. You were the best, and I'm so sorry. Uh, but Dean interrupts and says, shut up. You got her killed. You don't get to apologize. Sam says, we were trying to help you. Dean says, I didn't need help. I told you to leave it alone. It's the ones that always say they don't need help that probably need the most help. Yep. Just saying. Yep. <laughs> Just <true>. saying. <laughs> Sam says, what was I supposed to do? Just watch you die? Dean says, the mark isn't going to kill me. Sam says, maybe not, but when it's done with you, you won't be you anymore. Dean, you're all I've got. So, of course, I was going to fight for you because that's what we do. And listen, I had a shot. Dean says, yeah, you had a shot. Charlie's dead. Nice shot. Sam says, you think, I, you think I'm ever going to forgive myself for that? Dean says, you want to know what I think? I think it should be you up there, not her. This thing <laughs> with Cass and the book 
ends now. Shut it down before somebody else gets hurt. You understand me? <clears throat> okay, really, Dean? Because if Stop it was Sam up there, dick, you know, like, then you would go all weird trying to bring him back to life anyway. Like, I know, like, it, you would literally yeah. do the same thing, so you can't right. be mad, you know? Right. Like, you've <clears throat> done the same thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a long silence as Sam, like, processes this. Then Sam says, and what about you? Dean says, oh, I'm going to find whoever did this, and I'm going to rip apart everything and everyone they ever loved. And then I'm going to tear out their heart. Sam says, is that you talking or the mark? Dean says, does it matter? Also, really, then, like, does it matter? You know, <laughs> It doesn't, no. And then Dean walks away while Sam watches. Uh, so we cut to inside, inside the Stein house. Uh, we're in Cyrus's bedroom. It's nighttime. He's playing a video game online with one of his friends. Uh, his friend says, there you go. Nice. Dude, you still coming to L.A.? Cyrus says, hope so. It's just my family. If they had found out I was moving, they'd kill me. Cyrus's friend laughs. And Cyrus says, no, literally. My folks are, like, weird. Scary like, weird. legit, legit, bro. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, they gonna kill yeah. me. <laughs> Eli opens up his door and says to Cyrus, your father wants to see you. <clears throat> so we cut to the basement of the sign house. Monroe, who is the dad, says to Eldon, I just want to cut in right here and say with all these Steins together, um, one of the reasons I really like this family is they're not so bad to look at with their suspenders <laughs> and their southern accent. I find uh -huh. myself really wishing they stuck I around longer. Yeah, I know. Great. I know. And all these last episodes, but their their accents. I'm just like, this is okay with me. Like, <laughs> I am okay with this. Like, can we get a whole season of maybe this? I would really like that. And they're like, so. hey. <laughs> I know. But yeah. Much, you know. All of it's lovely. I mean, with all the murder, I mean, that just makes them intriguing. So, okay. It's <laughs> 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 <clears throat> complicated. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> okay. So, Monroe says to Eldon. So, as I understand, you didn't get the book, and you lost an arm. Not what I call a win, son. And you know what we do to losers. Eldon says, yes, sir. That's why I bought you a present. I found a stash of, a stash of magic like you wouldn't believe. Monroe says, try me. Eldon says, the Winchesters dragged me to their clubhouse. It's filled with folklore, artifacts, maybe even the Book of the Damned. Now you give me a few guys, and I'll make the biggest score this family's ever seen. Monroe considers and says, gonna need a new arm. <laughs> and then <laughs> Eli escorts Cyrus into the room. And Monroe says, my boy, it's a special day. Cyrus says, is it? <laughs> then Cyrus looks over at a nearby operating table and sees the bully strapped to it with a gag in his mouth. <laughs> He's got a sheet He's covering. Great. <laughs> I know. He's got a sheet covering his body up to his ribs, um, but his torso is bare. And we see that he's got uh, one of his arms are, uh, he's got a tattoo sleeve on it. Uh, Cyrus looks pretty upset. <laughs> Monroe <laughs> says, Eli told me about your little scuffle. And I thought to myself, now this, this is a teachable moment. See, men like him, well, trash like him. Now they're only good for one thing, spare parts. You're going to carve them up. Cyrus looks horrified and says, I can't. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Water break. <laughs> I am really hoping my throat can do this. Okay. <clears throat> I wonder if I can, like, do this with a cough drop in my mouth. I'm going to try. Because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I need to stop. Because <laughs> we're both just, like, dying. Okay. 
<clears throat> oh, you're having like <laughs> I choke on my own spit a lot. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. Sorry if you can hear my cough drop teeth clicking, but I'll try. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Cyrus says, I can't. Eldon says, sure you can. It's easy. Cyrus says, no, it's not. I don't want to. Eli says, what? Be like us? Cyrus says, that's not what I meant. Monroe says, good, because that, it's your legacy. You will not turn your back on this family. Now, you've always been soft, Cyrus. You're the baby. It's natural. But that ends now. Then Monroe kind of holds Cyrus in place so that he can't move while a female Stein nurse-looking lady <laughs> puts a, a white lab coat on Cyrus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Monroe says, see, either you're going to do this or I'm going to butcher that boy. And then I'm going to put you on that table and go to work. You understand? Cyrus whispers, okay. So Monroe picks up a surgical knife and puts it in Cyrus's hand. The bully makes some distressing noises and struggles, but he's stuck. Uh, um, then Monroe moves Cyrus's hand over to the bully's chest. Cyrus turns his head away and tries not to look, but Monroe um, forces Cyrus to watch by turning his head. Monroe says, this is who you are, son. So Cyrus cuts into the bully uh, while like cringing and trying to look the other way, and the bully screams in pain. <clears throat> I really feel for Cyrus. Like, he just seems like a kind of a, a nice, kind of nerdy dude. Yeah, he's you know? like, why? <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's kind of adorable, actually. Like, you know. He's like, just... I would have to get, you know, get myself into this family. Some, you know, like. Yeah. Ugh. And he's just, like, truly horrified by all of it. <clears throat> so we cut to Dean walking out of a building onto a sidewalk. He's on his phone. He says, Rudy, I just sent you some security cam footage of a black sedan. I need you to run the plates. Rudy says, yeah, can do. Just give me a sec here. Weird. Uh, the vehicle's registered to Eldon Stein out of Shreveport, Louisiana, but there's no street address. This guy's got something to hide? Dean says, yeah, big time. I'll fill you in later. Thanks. Rudy says, yeah, sure, but um, isn't that what Sam's for? Dean says, he's busy. And then Dean hangs up and gets into baby. We cut to Rowena's abandoned brewery. Brewery. Ugh, I don't think I can say that with this cold. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> brewery. Nope, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> it's nighttime. Uh, she is shackled to a pole, pillar, whatever. She's not pole dancing in her shackles. <laughs> it's like I wrote that and I was like, ooh, that's a little weird. Okay. <laughs> what? It was I didn't pot. even go there. Oh, but I you did. went there and it was funny. <laughs> I normally go there, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cass says to Rowena, stop looking at me. Rowena says, I'm sorry, you're just, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're just fascinating. An angel that rejected heaven. That's like a fish that wants to fly or a dog that thinks he's people. Dogs says, are people. <laughs> Cass says, well, I'm a lot like people. Rowena says, keep telling yourself that, dear. Sam walks into the room. Rowena says, well, about bloody time. Cass says, where's Charlie? But Sam says nothing while looking very, very sad. He shakes his head. Cass says, oh, no. God, I should have gone after her. I, what happened? Sam says, me, the Steins. Um, they caught up with her, and uh, Dean's gone after them. Cass says, so he knows. Sam says, yeah. Cass says, well, what now? Sam says, I'm shutting this down. 
I promised Dean. Rowena says, uh, hello, anyone want to tell me what's going on? Sam and Cass say forcefully at the same time, no. <laughs> Like, Cass why says, do you need to know? Right. <laughs> you're clearly the one that's like the least <laughs> trustworthy here. Also, you're not here because you want to be here or that we want you right. here. It's because we need you here. So shut up. Right. <laughs> Cass says, what about her? Sam says, guess. Cass says, I'd be happy to kill her. She just called me a fish. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's like that bitch. I know. Uh, Cass says, what about Dean? Sam says, we uh we should be able to track him. I lowjacked the Impala a few weeks back, just in case. Here. Sam pulls out his phone and shows Cass a map that shows the dot where Dean is. Um, just then, that's weird. Instead of the word then, I wrote Dean, so okay. Just then, an email notification pops up saying he's got an email from Charlie. Sam opens it and it says, Sam, can't talk now. Download this file. Uh, attached is a document labeled for Dean.doc. So Sam downloads it and shows the file to Rowena. Sam says, is this what I think it is? Rowena says, oh, that little minx. She cracked the code. Sam says, can you read the Book of the Damned with this? Rowena says, every last word. We can cure the mark of Cain. Sam says, Cass, go find Dean. Make sure he doesn't go too far off the reservation, okay? Cass says, what are you doing? Sam says, I'm saving my brother. Cass says, you told Dean... Sam says, I know what I told Dean. Cass, look, I've been the one out there, messed up and scared, and alone. And Dean, Cass says, he did whatever he could to save you. Sam says, yes, I mean, it's become his thing. I owe him this. I owe him everything. Look, I know he pretends he can ride the mark of Cain out, but you and I know the truth. We know what happens if we don't cure him. We both know where that road ends. Cass says, black eyes and blood. Sam says, yes, go, find him, Cass, keep him safe. Cass says, okay, and then leaves. <clears throat> Rowena says, ooh, I do love a bit, a bit of intrigue. Sam says, right, less talk, more translating, go. Rowena says, about that. I said I can read the book. Never said I would. Sam says, we had a deal. Like, are you kidding me? This is, the, like, <laughs> this is the I whole know. purpose, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, Rowena says, we did. We do. And it's time you held up your end. I want my son dead. Sam says, after. Rowena says, now. Once I cast the spell, and you need me to cast that spell, who knows what'll happen? Sam, like, slams his hand down angrily on the table and yells, I don't have time for this. Rowena says, right, you don't. Your brother's a walking freaking time bomb, and the clock, she's a ticking. So you will kill my son, and you will do it my way now. <clears throat> so we cut... Back to the Stein basement. Uh, the bully is now dead and like dripping all the blood on the operating table. There's like blood and organs stuck in beakers on the table with him. <laughs> <clears throat> Cyrus sits at another table with his head on his arms and he keeps staring at the bully's body. Clearly very traumatized. <laughs> <clears throat> Eldon is flexing his new arm that used to be attached to the bully. And we see he's got his tattoo sleeve. Monroe says, well done. And he pats Cyrus's shoulder. Cyrus doesn't say anything. He just keeps staring at the dead bully. Uh, you can tell he's been like super crying. Monroe says, you know, in the old country, they'd make you eat your first heart. But I like to think we're a little more civilized. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. To Eldon, Monroe says, how's it fit? 
Eldon kind of like flexes his new arm and says, like a glove. Cyrus says, can I go? Eldon says, nah, you're coming with me. So we cut to baby uh, on a street uh, in Shreveport. It's daytime. Dean is driving and gets pulled over by a cop car. He grabs a fake ID out of his um, dash box, glove box, whatever. Looks at it and then shrugs. <clears throat> a cop comes to his window and Dean asks, what's the problem, officer? Officer number one says, license and reg. Dean says, yep, and hands it over. Officer number one reads it and says, Ashley J. Williams, huh? Dean says, you can call me Ash, which I just want to say is 100% Ash from Evil Dead. Like, that's his actual name. I love it. I love it. We're going to fucking watch those, Rochelle. Well, also Ash from earlier. Yeah, Ash, Ash Williams. So that's his name in Evil Dead. Like, that's his actual name. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. But, like, isn't it? Wait, am I missing? Like, Ellen's son, right? Ash? Is that um, his name? I don't, I don't think it's his, her son. But, yeah, well, that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was going to say it could be a nod to that, too. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> officer number one says, out of the car, Ashley. So Dean gets out and says, well, I wasn't speeding. I'm sober. Mostly sober. So what's this about? <laughs> really? That's not the right thing to say. <laughs> officer number one says, blinkers out. And then officer number two, who is standing close to the back end of baby, takes his eye stick and smashes the Impala's right side taillight. Dean says, Good hey. way to piss him off. <laughs> right? Dean says, hey. Officer number two says, that's a violation. Dean says, don't. But officer number two smashes the other taillight. Officer number one says, two taillights out. Dean says, son of a bitch. And Dean tries to rush officer number two, but officer number one grabs him and slams him against baby and then handcuffs him. Officer number one says, and attempted assault of a police officer. Looks like we're taking you down to the station, boy. Dean says, oh, I ain't your boy, Cletus. (laughs) Officer number one says, right now you are, so you best settle, or you're going to get an ass whooping instead of a phone call. So we cut to inside Phil's diner. Crowley is sitting at the bar. <clears throat> Hold on, I need, a, I need a drink of water real quick. <clears throat> Sorry about that. <clears throat> all right, Crowley's sitting at the bar. Waiter walks up and says, everything all right? Crowley says, fantastic. That is the best cup of coffee I've ever had. The waiter says, thanks. Roast the beans myself. Crowley says, really? The waiter says, oh, yeah, I learned how to do it when I was living in Ecuador. Crowley says, you've been to Ecuador. The waiter says, I've been all over. If you can fry up a decent burger, you can work anywhere. I'm dying to head to Asia. It's just a dream, you know? Crowley says, funny, I'm in the business of making dreams come true. Crowley's phone rings and he answers it. He says, hello? Dean says, hey, I need your help. Crowley says, what? But the call disconnects. Crowley says, Dean? Then he puts his (laughs) phone down. But then he gets a text message from Dean, which says, meet me, 11979 Cedar Street, uh, Concordia, Kansas, uh, 66901. Uh, so we cut to inside the Shreveport police station. Dean is handcuffed to a chair in front of officer number two's desk. Officer number two is going through Dean's box of fake IDs uh, as Dean is like silently glaring at him. <laughs> <clears throat> officer number two reads the fake IDs. He says, Ozzy Osbourne, let me kill Mr. Kill, kill, whatever. Freddie Mercury. Damn, I mean, they said you were a pro, but Dean says, who said that? Officer number two says, I'll ask the questions here. 
Like, Wait, for example, what? I said that out loud. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <clears throat> Officer number two says, like, for example, you've got 17 fake IDs and a trunk full of guns, knives, freaking ninja stars. I mean, who are you, man? Dean says, I'm the guy you that's going to get out of here. I know. I'm the guy that's going to get out of here in about 30 seconds. Officer number two says, yeah, right. Dean leans forward and knocks a mug full of pens off the desk and onto the floor. Like a fucking cat. That really was just like, wow. (laughs) That's a petty bitch move. (laughs) Yes, it is. Officer number two says, real mature. He gets up and walks around the desk to pick up the mug. As he leans down, Dean punches him in the face with his free arm and throws him on the floor. And he holds officer number two on the ground with his legs. Like, you didn't see that come in. That was so obvious. That was, I mean, really. <laughs> also, he's in, like, a fucking rolling chair. I I don't even think he's in, like, a, like a you know, a chair with actual, like, on-the-floor legs. Like, you're on wheels. You can just yeah. scoot yourself around. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Dean says, keys. Keys now. So, officer number two holds out his keys. Dean grabs them and then boot stomps officer number two right in the face, knocking him unconscious. Ugh. Dean unlocks his handcuffs. So we cut over to officer number one, who is standing at the window in his office talking to someone on the phone. Dean is standing behind him holding a gun, but officer number one does not realize that yet. Officer (laughs) number one says into his phone, he was driving a 67 Impala, just like you said. Sure, can do. Then officer number one hangs up his phone. Dean says, who are you talking to? The officer turns around and looks surprised. He says, Nobody. <laughs> okay. Really? Wow. That's not suspicious. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dean points his gun at him and slowly advances. He says, nobody. And then Dean hits officer number one in the face with the gun. He says, that is for lying to me. And that, he hits him again with the gun and says, it's for my baby. Now. <laughs> Dean throws officer number one onto the desk and holds him down with his gun pointed at his throat. Dean yells, who are you talking to? Officer number two, who is like totally dazed from getting so much metal to the face, says, Monroe Stein. He said, if I saw you, I was supposed to bring you in and then call him. Dean says, Monroe, any relation to Eldon? Officer number two says, his daddy. Dean says, where can I find him? Officer number two says, you can't take on the Steins. They own this town. They're practically gods around here. Dean says, yeah, well, I kill gods. (laughs) <laughs> cue the hero music okay. I know right? <laughs> <laughs> okay so we cut to inside an abandoned building Crowley walks in and calls out Dean Dean Crowley looks around <laughs> Crowley looks around but nobody's there suddenly we hear a gunshot and Crowley sort of falls back and leans on a post he's unable to move uh, and Sam walks into the light and says devil's trap bullet crowley says moose shooting me from behind poor form even for you where's dean sam says not here crowley says he called me sam says did he and he pulls out his phone and plays a recording of dean saying hey i need your help crowley says oh aren't you a clever kitty does he <laughs> <You> bastard <laughs> I know. does he know you're doing this i only ask because your brother and i such close friends now Sam says, friends, you're the reason Dean has the market cane. Everything that's happening, all this, it's your fault. So this, you've had this coming for a long time. 
And we see that Sam is now holding Ruby's demon-killing knife. Crowley says, you really think I'm frightened of that toothpick? Sam says, I don't care. And he pulls a hex bag out of his pocket and puts it in one of Crowley's pockets. Crowley says, a hex bag? Sam says, by the way, she said to tell you she should have taken the three pigs. Crowley says, mother. (laughs) 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 Uh, I know. Uh, Suddenly Crowley like tenses up and slides into the floor and starts coughing. We cut to outside. Um, Where are we? We're outside on the like estate grounds of the Stein house. Uh, It's nighttime. A guard is patrolling the lawn. Suddenly, Jean, Jean, fuck, Dean jumps Jean, in. Is that what you said? Jean, Jean dumps him. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Dean jumps him and stabs him in the neck. Uh, then Dean walks to the house. He turns around. Oh, wait, I missed something. Walks to the house uh, by the front door. I have no idea what's going on with my notes here. By the front door is another guard. He turns around and finds Dean holding another guard in front of him. Dean shoots them both which was kind of badass looking. I kind of like that scene. <laughs> Dean goes inside the house, which is totally dark. We hear some crappy jazz music playing. He goes to the entrance hall, and suddenly the lights turn on and a buttload of dudes point guns at him. Monroe kind of makes his entrance dramatically and says, Dean Winchester. Uh, suddenly from behind Dean, Eli pulls a plastic bag over Dean's head, and Dean struggles to breathe. Monroe says, welcome to my humble abode. <clears throat> Cut back to Sam and Crowley. Crowley's still on the floor. He says, I thought you were the smart one. Working with my mother. Are you insane? You actually trust her? Sam says, of course not. Not even a little. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I know. Crowley says, then why? What has she got over you? Sam says, will you just die already? Crowley spits out some blood and says, that's what I get. Sam says, what? Crowley says, I said, that's what I get for trying to be the good guy. Sam says, wait a second, so you're the good guy? (laughs) Crowley says, do you have any idea what I've been at for the past year? The changes I made to hell? Sam says, am I supposed to be impressed by that? Crowley coughs up some more blood and says, yes. I thought if I did better, I might actually feel something again, that it might matter. Sam says, it doesn't matter. Maybe everybody else forgot about all the bad you've done, but I haven't. I have watched you kill people, Crowley. Innocent people. People I cared about. People I loved. So yeah, you have the accent and the suit and the snark, but at the end of it, you are a monster, just like all the rest of them. And I'm going to watch you die screaming, just like all the rest of them. Crowley says, you're right. I am a monster and I've done bad. I've done things you can't even imagine. Horrible, evil, messy things. Crowley coughs again and then looks up at Sam. His eyes have turned crossroad demon red And red smoke is, like, wafting out of them. (laughs) He says, and I've loved every damn minute. Sam is confused. And then Crowley pulls the bullet bullet out of the wound and stands up. He says, so thank you, Sam, for reminding me who I really am. Crowley casually flicks his hand, which sends Sam flying across the room and through a glass window into the next room. Crowley walks over to Sam, holding the hex bag, and says, powerful magic. Might have worked on any other demon, but me? Please. The hex bag bursts into flames. And, um, yeah, 
I just forgot a whole sentence here. Okay. Uh, I, I guess, I guess Sam notices that Ruby's knife is nearby on the ground and he tries to reach for it. Uh, but Crowley sends it flying across the floor with a wave of his hand. Crowley looms over Sam holding his fingers ready to do a, a you know, one of those death snaps. <laughs> Crowley says, I could kill you. Snap my fingers. Easiest thing in the world. But Crowley lowers his hand and says, from here on, I want you to know that the only reason you're alive is because I allowed it. And I want you to deliver a message. You tell that ginger whore that I gave her a chance to walk away and she spat in my face. So now she'll never see me coming. And then Crowley teleports away. <clears throat> so we cut back to the Stein basement. Dean is now strapped to the operating table. Monroe, Eli, and a few others are there preparing their operating tools. Dean slowly wakes up. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Monroe says, morning, sunshine. Monroe Stein, pleasure. Dean says, ditto. I'd shake your hand, but uh, Monroe says, well, I have to say, I am impressed. The way you charged in here, all guns blazing. I'd buy tickets to that show. Uh, me too, just for the record. <laughs> Monroe, just so we know. <laughs> yeah. Monroe says, you didn't think that was actually going to work, did you? Dean says, usually does. Monroe says, then I guess you know what comes next. Dean says, you're going to play Operation. Monroe says, it's my favorite game. Dean says, don't do this. Monroe says, well, uh, son, we are. We are past the bargaining stage. Dean says, no, the mark on my arm means that I can't die. I'm not bargaining. You flatline me, I will come back. But I'll come back with black eyes. And then you'll all die. Eli says, and we'll let you go. Then what? You'll just mosey on down the road? Dean says, no, but I will be human. So maybe a few of you live. Maybe. Monroe says, you make a compelling case. And I hope you're right. Because a man that doesn't die... Well, now that is a perfect lab rat. And then Eli puts a gag in Dean's mouth. Monroe says, all right, let's crack this pinata. Monroe takes his knife and goes to make a cut on Dean's chest. But Dean breaks one of his arms free from the restraints and grabs Monroe by the arm. He then headbutts him, sits up, grabs a knife, cuts his other arm free, and slices open Eli's throat. Uh, the Lady Stein grabs a syringe and runs at Dean. Dean grabs her and tosses her on the operating table and stabs the syringe she was holding into her neck, which kills her, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Dean goes for Monroe. And he grabs him and throws him up against the door and then puts him in a headlock. Uh, ooh, what are my notes here? Puts him in a headlock and chokes him. Dean says, you took something from me. Now, I'm going to take everything from you. Monroe says, it's too late. Your home, your family, they will... Uh, but at that moment, Dean breaks Monroe's neck and lets his body fall to the floor. Dean looks at all the dead steins in the room and then takes a gun out of Monroe's pocket and kicks the door open. Uh, then we cut to the front door of the mental letters bunker being kicked open by Eldon. Uh, Cyrus and Roscoe are with him. <clears throat> Eldon calls out, hello, anybody in here? There's no response. So Eldon says, all right, then take whatever looks interesting and burn the rest. <clears throat> we cut to outside the abandoned building that Sam and Crowley were in. Sam walks out and calls Rowena on the phone. She answers, and Sam says, it didn't work. <clears throat> Rowena says, what do you mean? Sam says, I mean that juiced-up hex bag you gave me. Crowley set it on fire. Looks like you're not as tough as you thought you were. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Rowena says, but you still have him trapped. 
Sam says, yeah, not so much. Rowena says, bloody hell. Sam says, what am I supposed to do, Rowena? How am I supposed to kill him? Rowena says, I'm sure you'll figure something out. Sam says, what? Great thing. So helpful. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Rowena says, you've got a job to do, Samuel, and you'll get it done. (laughs) And then she hangs up. Rowena, or Sam says, Rowena, I need a drink of water. Just a sec. Okay. Uh, We cut to the Stein basement. Uh, Cass walks in while calling Sam. Sam answers. He's still outside the abandoned building. He says, yeah. Cass says, it's me. Sam says, hey, did you find him? Cass says, not yet, but I'm at the Stein estate in Louisiana, and Dean was here. Sam says, you sure? Cass says, I'm sure. Sam says, how bad is it? Cass says, there are three bodies down here and more than a dozen upstairs in the main house. He killed he killed everyone, and brutally. Sam says, all right, I'm on my way. But, like, Cass why says, are you disappointed about that? Like, you wanted to wipe them out anyway, so, like... <laughs> I know. I you know, know, I don't know. That yeah. that one kind of was a weird one for me. Yeah, I think it was just like the 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 brutally part of it. You know, like that's a lot of bodies for one dude to drop. And if it was like bloody, then that's just another sign of, you know, the mark advancing. I don't know. Still, yeah, yeah still. Like, I mean, you wanted them dead. So, yeah, like who cares how <laughs> it's out there? Yeah. yeah. Cass says, no, don't bother Sam. The GPS says he's headed north. Sam says, where? Cass says, home. Dean's coming home. excuse me so we cut back to the bunker cyrus walks around looking at all the books which have been tossed on the floor and piled up in the center of the room he takes a book off of a shelf it's titled the practitioner's guide to exorcism cyrus opens the book up and says cool roscoe joins him and says hey this isn't a damn library but it but it is Um, like literally it is a library (laughs) roscoe takes the book away and says yeah it is roscoe says no reading box it or burn it and then Roscoe drops the book onto the pile uh, in the middle of the room. Cyrus says, come on, dude. But Roscoe smacks Cyrus on the back of the head and says, I know this is your first rodeo, but man up, okay? Now I'm going to go check out their sex dungeon. You stay here and finish up. Mm. Then he walks away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus says quietly to himself, douche. <laughs> Cyrus looks uh, at the pile on the floor and pulls out a framed picture of Dean, Sam, and Bobby. He looks at it. Eldon walks in. Eldon walks into the room carrying a box of Dean's things, and Cyrus puts the photo back down. Eldon says, "So this is what I know about Dean Winchester. He's got crappy taste in music, got a hot mom, and he loves flannel." <laughs> and he tosses Dean's things onto the pile and grabs a gasoline container. Eldon says, "All right, let's light her up." Cyrus says, "Eldon, wait. We don't have to." Eldon says, "I know, Cy. We get to." And then Eldon pours gas on the pile and lights a match. <clears throat> Just then, uh, Roscoe stumbles into the room and collapses against the wall. And we see he has a knife sticking out of his back. Yay! <laughs> Eldon says, Roscoe? And Roscoe falls to the floor dead. And then Dean walks in. And he's all covered in blood. Eldon says, well, there he is. I hope you brought marshmallows. Dean says, been looking for you. Eldon says, oh, yeah? Why is that? Oh, wait, you're not still sore about, um, what's her name? Dean says, Charlie. Her name is Charlie. Eldon says, well, yeah, Chucky, she got what she deserved. Want to know how I did her? It's kind of a funny story. Dean says, shut up. Eldon says, straight to it then. I respect that. So you got lucky before. This time, I'm sporting some new upgrades. 
see my old man, Dean says, your old man's dead. They're all dead. So you can save me the speech on the three hearts, the two spleens, the seven nipples, for the ladies or the fellas. I don't judge. But even with all that, you still only have one brain. Eldon says, so? Dean pulls out his gun and shoots Eldon right in the head. <laughs> and then... Uh, oh, darn. <laughs> I know. I love how just like quick and easy that was. Just like, <laughs> yeah, shot to the brain. You're dead, dumbass. Yeah, like, okay, <laughs> what were you expecting? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then Dean points his gun at Cyrus. Cyrus cowers, puts his hands up. He says, no, 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 don't, don't. Dean says, why not? You're one of them. Cyrus is like shaking. He's like, no, no, I'm not. Okay. I hate my family. See, look. And he pulls his shirt up and says, no stitches. I'm not like them. I promise. Dean says, oh, you are like them. There's bad in you. It's in your blood. Now you can deny it and you can run from it all you want. But that bad will always win. Cyrus says, I'll do anything you want. Okay, please. You don't need to do this. He starts crying and begging. He says, please. Dean hesitates and then says, yeah, I do. And then Dean shoots Cyrus in the head and he falls down dead. I was bummed. I, I did really like Cyrus. Oh, no. Yeah, I was hoping that he wouldn't, you know, like, <laughs> but right. yeah. again, you know. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, Cass hurries into the bunker and says, Dean, what have you done? Uh, so we cut to Sam driving towards the bunker in a pickup truck. He passes a sign that says Lebanon, Kansas, 40 miles. We cut back to Dean and Cass. Uh, Cass checks out Cyrus's body and says, you killed him. Dean says, I took down a monster because that's what I do. And I'll continue to do that until Cass says, until you become the monster. Dean says, you can leave now, Cass. Cass says, no, I can't because I'm your friend. Dean says, really? Well, let me ask you something. Do you screw over all your friends? Uh, the answer to that is kind of, yeah, actually. He does. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. Not on purpose. Like, not on purpose. I mean, right. Yeah. Cass, Cass says, Sam and I were trying to cure you. We still are. Dean says, like hell. Cass says, we can read the book now. Dean says, oh, so what? So you might find a spell that might take this crap off, off my arm? But even if you do, what's it going to cost? Because magic like that does not come free. No, it'll come with a price that you pay in blood. So thanks, but I'm good. Dean turns to walk away, but Cass grabs his shoulder. He says, no, you're not. Maybe you could fight the mark for years, maybe centuries, like Cain did. But you cannot fight it forever. And when you finally turn, and you will turn, Sam and everyone you know, everyone you love, they could be long dead. Everyone except me. I'm the one who will have to watch He's you like, murder I'm the world. He's like, I'm going to have to deal with your shit. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. He says, I'm the one who will have to watch you murder the world. So if there's even a small chance that we can save you, I won't let you walk out of this room. Dean says, oh, you think you have a choice? Cass says, I think the mark is changing you. Dean says, you're wrong. Cass says, am I? Because the Dean Winchester I know would never have murdered that kid. Dean says, yeah, well, that Dean's always been kind of a dick. Dean tries to leave again, but Cass stops him again and says, Dean, I don't want to have to hurt you. Dean says, I don't think that's going to be a problem. And then Dean grabs Cass's hand and pulls it off his shoulder and then punches him right in the face. <clears throat> Cass says, Dean, but Dean just punches Cass over and over, throws him on the floor. Cass gets up and says, Dean, stop. Uh, Dean, who was like trying to walk out of the room again, turns around and attacks Cass. Uh, and he, like, fucks him up until Cass is just lying on the floor. 
<clears throat> Dean takes the angel blade out of Cass's coat and then grabs Cass's tie and gets ready to stab him in the, in the eyeball, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a angel blade to the face. Uh, Cass grabs Dean's. Oh, I already said that. Uh, no, I didn't. Cass grabs Dean's tie holding hand. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> and says, no, Dean, please. He coughs up some blood and Dean stares at Cass. And then Dean stabs the angel blade down uh, and stands up. And we see that Dean has stabbed the blade into a big-ass book on the floor right next to Cass's head. <clears throat> Dean says as he's walking away, you and Sam stay the hell away from me. Next time, I won't miss. And credits. Okay, so thoughts. <laughs> yes. First one is like... I mean, this is kind of expanding on the whole, like, you know, plastic bag thing, but, like, (laughs) you know, that would suck, you know? I know. Like, this is my... With a plastic bag, you know? This is my game plan, okay? If that ever happens, like, obviously your mouth is, like, open because you're screaming, you're trying to suck in air. What I guess you should do is try and rip a hole in your mouth, right? In the part over your mouth or over your nose holes, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody ever does that. And I'm wondering if that's because it doesn't actually work. Like, yeah, sure, you're panicking and, like, trying to figure your shit out. But, like, I just hope to God when that day inevitably comes. (laughs) (laughs) That I I remember. I hope it's an inevitably thing. I hope so. Maybe. I, think I hope that I just like try and stab. A, <laughs> I know. I'm just gonna try and stab a hole right into my mouth. Like maybe this is a reason I need to like do fake fingernails. I don't know. You know, just to like. <laughs> All claw you that have shit. to do is just like pinch and grab because you can like. I mean, <clears> those <throat> things are easy to like know, tear through for the most bag. part. Like yeah. all you got to do is just like grab it with two hands and pull it apart. You know, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like nobody ever does that. I mean, you know, in TV and movies. Yeah. I guess I don't know about real life. Thank I'm God. I'm sure that, like, people don't do that in real life because they know it would be easy to get out of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even have to do it over your mouth. Factor, you you know, can like... just do it at any point on the plastic bag. Rip it, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, it would be easier right there, sure. But, like, you could you could start at your forehead. It's not like it has to be over any of your face holes. So oh. No, as long as there's air coming in. Right. So. Yeah. All right. I'll keep anyway. that in mind. <laughs> uh, um, like, and, you know, so part of that, like, hmm. you would just, like, maybe stun them with the plastic bag and then, like, knock them out rather than just, like, Right. You know, because at that point, he's like, and then hit him real quick before he, like, figures out how to get out of the thing. But anyway. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> I agree. Uh, another thought that I had, like, why do all of the victims have to be alive to carve them up? I mean, uh, I could see for, like, just a sick, like, you know, oh, this is what I prefer to do because it's, you know, better to hear them scream, I guess, sort of thing. Like, yeah. I guess like that, but, like, I don't know. Like, I w- you would think that when they're trying to make, oh, what's his name? The kid. Um, the bully. Cyrus? Cyrus, yeah. Um, like, carve up the other kid. Like, wouldn't you think that he would just, like, whoops, I nicked th- this so mm-hmm. he'll bleed out faster or, you know, like... If you if it bothers you that much, wouldn't you like kill him first and then carve him up? Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think that was part of the psychological torture for Cyrus, you know? Well, I know, but that's the thing is like, you mean, I don't think Cyrus did any of that on his own. I think his dad held his hand the whole time and forced him to make all of the movements. Yeah, maybe, but also at a certain point, like, yeah. I could see where he'd be like, okay, like continue, you know, and at I that point. I could also see like Cyrus being afraid to fuck up and accidentally kill him before time and then getting physically punished himself. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. But I mean, yeah. if he's never done it before, like, you know, you yeah. expect that he wouldn't do it perfectly, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, my only other thought is that Eldon kind of reminds me of Prince Charming from Once Upon a Time. Um, oh, yeah, a little bit. I can see that. I can mm-hmm. definitely like, see not that. exactly, but yeah. like, just yeah, like that guy's in cute. general, like some of the facial features and that sort of stuff. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I can totally see that again. All those Stein dudes, with the exception of like the big muscly ones and the dad, were, were, I mean, that was all fine. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed everything going on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. they weren't mm-hmm. bad to look at. No, so. they weren't bad to listen to either. Any of all of it was just pretty fantastic. <laughs> Well, they got to be man, dropping bags people. on heads, but those get people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yep. <laughs> yep. But anyways, um, so <laughs> what was your favorite moment? <laughs> the accents. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they were they were my favorite moments. Um, no, I um, I really liked um. I'm I'm drawing a blank on an actual favorite moment to be honest, but I did really like um <clears throat> I really liked Cyrus kind of in the bunker. All of that, you know, just showing like, oh cool, a book on what was it, exorcism or something. Awesome. Oh, like idea. like he was just like yeah. excited to be in this library of like weird <laughs> shit. Like, and, like, <laughs> yeah, he was stoked. He's like, This is awesome. And then also like and then it just showed like, you know, he picked up that picture of like Sam and Dean and Bobby. Like he was an actual nice person who was like actually decent. And I just yeah. I love that they showed all that humanity with him. And then they just showed Dean being like, Yeah, no, I'm not gonna take take that chance. It's just a nice, a nice um wait, I guess. I don't know, it's not nice, but to show like how far Dean really has gone. Cause I don't think Dean would have done that before. You know? Yeah, maybe Possibly, not. Possibly, but probably it's possible, not. but I would go with probably I feel not. like Dean yeah. Like, regular Dean would have, like, maybe kind of maybe put Cyrus in the dungeon and then done some digging into his past to see, like, are you actually, you know? Yeah. That's what I think. But I don't know. Anyway, I just, I enjoyed all that. What was your favorite moment? Um, <laughs> when Cass is like, I'd be happy to kill her. She just called me a fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty great. Like, Rowena got up his butt, you know? Like, <laughs> I know. He could not... He couldn't deal. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It's like the so like one of his like you know kind of petty moments of just like she was mean to me. I'd be happy to kill her. You know. <laughs> uh, yep. Exactly. Like a fish. She called you a fish, and that's the most like that's the worst thing that you could think of. Like <laughs> that she I know. Could it's call like. I know. It's like all those angels that have been like trying to kill him. Like, no big deal. That's fine. But she called me a fish. That bitch needs to die. <laughs> you know her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, anyways, but there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so, our interesting facts. 
Um, it says, uh, Dean uses the alias Ashley J. Williams. Um, this is a reference and full name of Bruce Campbell's character in the Evil Dead um, series. I guess not. Uh, the, is there more than one? There are three movies and then a TV series. And then they did a remake um, of the movies. The, the second one. I don't know if the second one just came out or it's about to come out. Um, and Ash is not a character in those. Although I feel like he had a cameo at the end where it was just like him in his shotgun hand, like groovy baby. I think that happened. Oh, it happened okay. in my mind. So anyways, there's a lot, there's a lot and we'll watch all <laughs> of them. Whether it happened or I wanted it to happen. <laughs> I know. We'll watch all of them because like, it'll just make you a better person. So, you know. <laughs> Um, so it says the Steins house is the same one that is seen in, uh, the third man, uh, the supernatural, the third man, um, uh, from 2010. Um, okay. I don't remember that. What yeah. that would have been season what? Five. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> when Sebastian Roche makes his first appearance as Balthazar. Okay. Um, as okay. Castiel, Sam and Dean ap- approach his home, Dean says, I was expecting more Dr. No, less Liberace. <laughs> Um, it says, uh, when Dean is arrested in Shreveport, um, he calls the deputy Cletus, uh, Cletus Hogg was a deputy in the 1970s TV show, The Dukes of Hazard from 1970. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, it says, uh, various rock alias- aliases are found on Dean's fake IDs. Um, Ozzy Osbourne from Black Sabbath, <coughs> uh, Lemmy Kilmister from Motorhead and Freddie Mercury from Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, it says Dean's contact name in Crowley's phone is listed under not Moose, <laughs> which you would think that like <laughs> he would, Dean would have the name, yeah, nickname because you know they were like buddy buddy for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say maybe buddy buddy, but hanging out, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it says the title of this episode is from the cult British TV show The Prisoner. Um. The video game Connor is seen playing is called Dying Light from 2015. Did you say Connor? Because I think was it Cyrus, right? There's no Connor in this episode. Maybe the notes got it a little wrong. Or yeah. Or okay. maybe like Connor maybe was the, the other friend. Guy. Yeah, that kid. I didn't see a name on that kid, but maybe that could be. Yeah. Whatever. We'll go with Cyrus though. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. They're both playing it. Um. So it says uh, Robert Maloney, uh, who plays Rudy, previously appeared in the episode uh, Red Sky at Morning as Peter Warren. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the one says, with the ghost ship, right? The ghost ship and Bella. Isn't that the sure. one? Sure. I think it is. Where like the ghost ship comes and then you drown even if you're not in water. Yeah, and like then... I remember the episode, but I don't remember okay. like if he was. I don't know. remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so, and then, then it says, uh, Sean Campbell, um, who plays Sheriff Lambs, um, previously appeared in the episode Free to Be You and Me from 2009 as Steve Reynolds. Okay. I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it though. <laughs> so our research from this episode, um, is off of hauntednation.blogspot.com. Com. <laughs> um, and it's about C.E. Bird High School in Shreveport, um, okay. the infamous catacombs. 
Ooh. <laughs> I wish my high school had catacombs. That would have been awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that would just be a recipe for disaster and a lot of kids doing stupid stuff. <laughs> I know. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of oh. that's the kind of teenager I was. Sorry. Eh, whatever. Yeah. I I would have been like the one that was probably afraid to go down in them. <laughs> I'm the friend that would have like really tried to, to go get down you. in them. Yeah, I'm the friend that would have tried to get you to do that. <laughs> and I would have been like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have been like, here, drink this, and then see. <laughs> um. Not like I would have roofied you. Oh, my God. That's not what I meant. I just meant, like, here's some, like, alcohol courage. That's all I meant. Oh, yeah. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> to be clear, I've never roofied also, anybody. I probably wouldn't have drank it, so. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, there's that. <laughs> that is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I was, like, I still am kind of this way, but, like, I really don't like getting in trouble. And, like, I mm. really didn't like getting in trouble then. <laughs> Even yeah. more than I don't like getting in trouble now. Mm-hmm. So, like, eh, you know, there's that. Yeah. Um, so, it says, when Clifton Ellis Bird Sr. first arrived in Shreveport in 1892, the city was in desperate need of an educational system. With a humble salary of $70 a month, Bird would rent out uh, two rooms of a YMCA building and establish the first public high school. The first year's enrollment garnered 70 students, and the need for a larger school was and the need for a larger school was needed. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Right. Uh, so the school moved <laughs> to the old Sodi building on uh, Crockett Street. <laughs> Every time, Sodi, Sodi Pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not spelled that way, but <laughs> yep. I mean, I guess I don't know how Sodi is spelled. But <laughs> um, <laughs> it says after another move in 1899, the Caddo, Caddo, parish school board now ran by its newly elected superintendent ce bird was decided or it was decided that a large permanent school finally be built construction would begin in 1924 in 1925 the honorably named ce bird high school was complete to this day it remains the largest and oldest high school in shreveport uh home of the yellow jackets ce bird high school is now a science and mathematics magnet school that has seen thousands upon thousands of students walk through its antique hallways although i've never been inside the ce bird high school i can relate to attending a school of such age (laughs) Hmm. okay this is like i mean obviously it's a blog so first person oh yeah yeah um it says i graduated from uh of of, oh boy of oils (laughs) high school (laughs) Uh, home of the Mustangs, built in 1927. It had survived floods, hurricanes, and just about everything else that time had to throw at it. There is definitely a unique smell to the building. <laughs> oh, okay. So you could feel the history inside. I mean, old buildings do kind of smell a little funny. They do. Um, it was either that or the foot-long rats that lived under the building. <laughs> oh, gross. No. <laughs> Um, It says, in one of the most hilarious moments of my school life, we started hearing a huge commotion coming from the cafeteria. Assuming it was a fight, we ran to the side door to get a glance at the brawl. As soon as we approached the door, it swung open and a rat came running out. (laughs) This was no ordinary field rat. Believe me when I say this thing had to have been born and bred on the grounds of Chernobyl, as its mutated creature was the size of a full-grown cat. (laughs) Okay, did it open the door by itself, though? No, it sounds like somebody was probably trying to, like, 
Because when you think of like doors in high schools, that shit doesn't just like lightly swing open if you tap it, you know? No, most, I mean, you would have had to have gotten a handle or something. Yeah. You know? Okay. So I'm guessing it was a person that was trying to like get, get it the fuck out out or something and ended up. <laughs> oh, putting that's in the so gross. <laughs> gross, gross, gross. <laughs> Um, it says, what made the scene even more hilarious is that the rat fled for safety. A lunch lady was in hot pursuit, chasing it away with a large spoon. We jokingly <laughs> said, well, there goes tomorrow's ratatouille. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> it Ugh. says, with a school as old as C.E. Bird, it's only appropriate that years of urban legends and even haunted stories have culminated within these bricked walls. However, this high school seems to have a bit more than your run-of-the-mill old school building may have. Any search online for haunted locations in Shreveport or books regarding the city's hauntings, and you are likely to always come across C.E. Bird High School uh, quite early in your expedition. There are two main legends that are the genesis for all the haunted stories at the high school. The first seems to have a little less merit than the other. <laughs> um, on the spot where the current gymnasium is built, there used to be an Olympic-sized swimming pool. It has long been rumored that in the school's infancy, a female student drowned here. The pool was later filled with concrete and built over. Although the pool did not, or the, although the pool did exist, there's no legitimate evidence of a drowning ever taking place there. Regardless, the story has been passed down from each alumnus to the next. Uh, the second tale holds a little bit more credibility, as the events have been verified with local records. Those who've been within the high school claim the basement to be an extremely eerie place, appropriately appropriately nicknamed the catacombs. <laughs> The dank and musty sublevel is a maze of passageways that makes for the perfect ghost story. During the 1950s and 1960s, this portion of the high or this portion of the school was actually used by the JROTC as a makeshift firing range, <laughs> huh. where cadets would practice with low-powered 22 caliber rifles. Mind That's you, crazy. This, I know. <laughs> Let's just give a bunch of high schoolers like let them just start shooting underneath the school. I mean, fine, but I feel like something had to have been broken at least once oh, yeah, right. <laughs> says mind you this is well before the days of school shootings and the whole gun control for craze that has been completely wait and the whole gun control craze that has been completely bro blown out of proportion um it says i can remember in the 1980s bringing cap guns and candy cigarettes to school with no problem Okay, but that doesn't mean that, like, you should. Anyways, um, yeah, right. <laughs> today that sort of act would make national news. Um, eh, very possible. Um, yeah. It says, in October of 1962, the JROTC instructor, Master Sergeant Will Stubblefield. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just imagining a field of stubble. And then I, I was know. like, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, he was an enlisted member of the military that happened to work on site. Um, he was cleaning the rifles when he fell victim to an accidental discharge and was shot in the left side of his face. Of course, as tragic as the story was, apparently it was not good enough for the storytellers and gorehounds of the student body. Many have elaborated the story, claiming that the instructor was a veteran of the Korean War and suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. According to the legend, he would ultimately flip out one day and take his own life in the basement. Obviously, the latter of the two stories make for a much more intriguing tale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it says, staff of C.E. Bird has long claimed the school, primarily, primarily the infamous catacombs, as being haunted. Um, those who have the courage to embark down to the basement claim they... Uh, and 
Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> claimed to have heard disembodied footsteps as if someone was following them. When they would turn around, no one was there. Also, strange lights have been seen moving through the school at late hours of the night. Several people who have witnessed the phenomena can best describe it as balls of light moving through the building. One particular individual stated that she initially thought several of the classroom lights had been left on, but the longer she watched, the lights would move and change luminosity. The full truth behind the events that took place at C.E. Bird School uh, may remain a mystery. As every year passes, truth blends more with fiction, and it's hard to differentiate the two. It's like that game we all played as kids where one person would start a sentence and whisper it into someone's ear. That person would then whisper the same sentence into someone else's ear, only adding a little to the phrase. Uh, By the time the message was relayed to 20 or so people, you had quite an elaborate and creative statement. Also, I would just like to say that game was called Telephone. Anyway. Yeah, you should have (laughs) just said that. Everybody knows that, but okay. I know. Like, you had to, like, describe the whole thing instead of just saying the game Telephone, but that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Um, (laughs) It says, such is the case with many of these local tales. Sort of reminds me when my wife finds one dirty fork in the sink and yells, what are all these dirty dishes doing all over the place? I just cleaned. Also, like... Why are there, like, if you know that she just put the fork in the sink or in the dishwasher, <laughs> like, ugh, anyway. Uh, also, you're complaining about your wife doing the dishes. I'm sorry. I. Whatever. I'm not trying to knock down this author. He's but... complaining that his wife did the dishes and then he was dumb enough to, like, not put his dishes <laughs> that she was complaining about. Okay, whatever. Anyway. Also, um... I'm a little, I know this is a political thing and I'm not trying to have an argument here, but I. I don't appreciate him thinking that guns should be in schools. I'm just saying that's fine. I don't need to. We don't need to talk about gun control. I I understand the sides, but also no, not not in schools. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't <clears throat> think that anybody. Should, I personally like. I don't think in schools would be a good idea. But mm-hmm. look at all these like people that are like ex-military or whatever, and like can't find jobs. Like obviously, make them pass like background checks and mental health checks and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. put a couple of them out in front of a school you'd never have an issue that's interesting i wonder if that's been talked about i have no idea like what because if you difference... know that there are trained people that can take you out very quickly if you decide to do something stupid you're not going to mm-hmm. do the stupid thing more than yeah. likely like i wonder if that's been thought i mean you know i mean if that's something that they've anyway we should not we should not go here on the podcast. Well, no, that's why I'm but, just like, you know, but, like, yeah, that's, that's my two yeah. cents. <laughs> I know it's, I brought it up. I'm sorry. But. Um, uh, where am I? Uh, he's mad that his wife did the dishes. Oh yes. <laughs> um, so it says elaboration is one hell of a trickery that can look very different depending on if you're the giver or the receiver, <laughs> or in my case, the cleaner or the mess maker. So yeah, that was kind of like, <laughs> you know, it, it was kind of interesting. It was definitely more, you know, kind of other stuff than, you know, but, you know, eh, OK. Yeah, I would <laughs> I would love to uh, I'd love to go check out those uh, catacombs, pseudo catacombs. I think that'd be amazing. I wish my high school had something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad mine didn't. <laughs> I think that'd be that'd be terrifying and so much fun. But. Yep. Also, yep. when I went to my high school, it had been open for a year before I got there. So it was oh, like really? brand new. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I didn't know that. Like, there, there wasn't going to be anything all that exciting there. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. You could still kind of smell the paint, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, so, what was your Ijadraspa moment? 
mine is very short. Um, it happened last night. Um, so Killian, um, a couple days ago, came out of uh, a full day of school and karate and he gets in the car and I'm like, oh, your upper lip is swollen. Like, what's going on? And he's like, I don't know. It just started. It doesn't feel good. Like, it hurts. So lately, and by lately, I mean the last few years, anytime he has an allergic reaction to anything, which has only happened like twice, but still, it's it's his lips have swelled up. I'm like, that's it. Nothing else. No tongue, huh. no throat. Thank God. You know, yeah. but um, but also Still, that looks like he got stung by a bee, you know? Yeah. And really specifically his top lip and it gets all like blotchy colored and and he says it huh. hurts, you know, and like it kind of like if it gets too big, obviously it'll crack a little bit. And, you know, so yeah. I'm like, OK, like, what did you even eat? And he's like, I didn't eat anything different. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. So, OK, so he's been on Benadryl since then. OK. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I the last two nights have had to wake him up in the middle of the night to give him another another dose of Benadryl because, you know. I don't, I don't need that to freak out in the middle of the night and have a, you know, a hard morning or, or for that to spread, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I've set my alarm last night again for it to go off at like one 30. I get up, I stumble to the bathroom, you know, have some water, take a pee, whatever, get the Benadryl out. It's the chewable stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now I'm trying to wake Killian up, um, to get him to, to chew this up. Right. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Surprise, it's hard to wake him up in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. <laughs> whatever, okay. So I'm like, wake up, wake up, wake up. Like, you just got to do this. You just got to chew this, swallow it. You can go right back to sleep. He finally sits up and he's just like, ugh. So I give him the Benadryl and then I sit down on the bed, which is, you know, right behind me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I go to put my hand down next to me and kind of lean on it. But I really <laughs> want to say again that I, I had been sleeping for hours at this point. Uh, I just, I guess I didn't realize I was like at the end of the bed, but I just totally fucking missed with my hand. My hand <laughs> did not meet the bed. It, it met the floor. And I just, I just very slowly like sideways, like it was so slow. I don't know why I couldn't like stop it and regain balance. But no, I just like, like slowly. Is this really happening? I'm not sure yeah. this is actually happening. This is happening way too slow. I know. <laughs> I just like slowly fell to the ground and like landed on my hand weird and then like did a weird roll off the bed. And I'm kind of laying there. It's not like it was hard because I did it so slowly, but I'm like laying on the ground stunned. And like all I hear is Eric start laughing. (laughs) And then Killian's little voice, mom, are you okay? (laughs) I start laughing. I was like, wow, I guess I, I, I guess. And Eric was like, yeah, you got a new moment. (laughs) Oh man. I mean, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I miscalculated. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> so that was my moment. What was your Asian harassment moment? Um, so mine was, so I was at work. I get like half the way through my day, right? Mm-hmm. And we have hydraulic tables at work, right? So you can like raise and lower and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. fine. You like just push the little foot pedal and it doesn't sing. So I've got somebody on the table, right? I've done two other massages. So like, at this point, like, I have no reason to believe that this thing doesn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hit the button for it to go up. And, you know, so I sit there and I hold down the button for a while because I'm, like, you know, waiting for it to get to the level that I want it to be, right? And then I let go of the buttons and it should stop, right? It doesn't stop. <laughs> it just keeps going up. And I'm like, ah! You know? And yeah. so... I, I, like, stomp on the, you know, the down button because I'm like, okay, well... Hopefully, like, this will, like, 
snap it out of it, whatever it's doing, and like fix it. You know, it's like the <laughs> this is the opposite button. So hopefully this will help this problem. Mm-hmm. And like it stops, but it doesn't go back down. And I'm like, well, crap. You know, so I like take my foot off the thing, and it starts going up. And I'm not pressing any buttons at this point again. And so I, I hit the stop button, and I'm or hit the <coughs> button, and I'm like, ah, you know. Thank goodness it was somebody that, like, I've seen a bunch of times, so it wasn't, like, that big of a deal. <laughs> right. But, like, oh, you know. So I'm sitting there, and, like, I'm, like, messing with the buttons. I'm, like, stomping on it. trying. I'm, like, unplugging it. I'm, like, pressing the – like, trying to figure out what's going on, and I can't get this thing to work. And this lady's, like, five, one, two, maybe. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and so at this point, this thing is up to, like, my chest, right? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, like – Oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, it's not, like, it only has, like, a couple more inches it can go up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. <clears throat> also, why do they make them go out that high? I don't know. Like, nobody's going to massage. Like, you got somebody that's eight feet tall massaging somebody, then maybe. But, like, why are I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, that's weird. Like, ugh, fine. And so I'm sitting there, like, okay. And so I, like, I'm, like, I have to unplug this. Like, I got to figure out if we can go to a different room. Because now, at this point, I can't even hardly reach her. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, I can't just fake it away and like, oh yeah, I can like do a massage this way. Like I can't, you know? And so I like run out of the room and of course the desk, the lady at the desk is on the phone. Right. And she's oh, no. not getting off anytime soon. I was like, crap. And so I'm just like running up and down the hallway going, is this an open room? Is this an open room? Yeah. And so then next door seemingly was open. Right. So I was like, okay. So I like go and I like you know, turn on all the lights and all that sort of stuff. And I like go and I get a robe, all that sort of stuff. And so I'm having to like get this lady to put on a robe and like help her off the table Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like, you know, trying to help her like slide down the table onto the floor without like falling on her face because, Hey, like that thing's up really high. And she's like, Whoa, (laughs) you know, I'm like, yeah. And so like having to do the whole like back and forth thing. And like, you know, I was doing like, you know, cupping and stuff too. So I'm like taking my cupping set and running back and forth and like getting all my hot towels into the next one and making sure that turns on, turning on the bed warmer, all that sort of stuff. And like doing all these different things to like get her in the middle of her massage to go to a different room. Oh yeah. The massage. Right. And I was like, I am so sorry. And she like, she was okay with it, but it was just kind of one of those like, holy cow. And then it was like, broken right and everybody yeah. in the building's trying to mess with it to figure out what's going on and it turns out it was like the foot pedal or something like that the maintenance guy so he like ordered a new one and it was fine but like okay. that room was out of commission for like a couple of weeks almost and so you know we we're like okay well good thing that there's one person who's out for this month because like mm-hmm. we don't have enough rooms for people to work at this point because this one's not working and it was oh, like a that's crazy nightmare. But I'm just like, this would happen to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I, it's like, I've been doing this for 10 years and I've never heard of this happening to anybody, but it would be the one that uh, like, I would be the one that happened to, but anyway. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. At least, like you said, though, at least it was someone like one of your regulars who wasn't going to like, it wasn't going to be their first experience with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I was like, well, at least it was somebody that like. I can just be like, sorry, like, let's do it. And she was kind of like, okay, you know, but it was so funny because like, 
the whole time she's just like got her face in the face cradle doesn't even bother like uh, like all this i'm like messing around with the foot pedals nothing doesn't lift her head up even once i like run out of the room and go all this sort of stuff not until i go to get her down off the table does she lift her head up and go whoa i'm way up here (laughs) you've been sitting up there for the last like five minutes i don't like you didn't think to like maybe look i would that would be the first thing i'd do is be like hey how high up i know also, your head is in a hole. If you open your eyes, you see how far you are. Oh, that's so hilarious. That. Oh. But, so, that was my story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that table is haunted. Maybe just that foot pedal was haunted, and now you've well, gotten a new now, one, so, so you're fine. Yeah, great. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under idgitsandaspets, a supernatural podcast. Please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and email us your idgit and aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.